It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and a huge welcome to today's show, Gina Gardner and Friends. I'm Gina Gardner, and today I am joined by a very special guest, John Stenhouse. Now, we go back a very long way probably much longer than I care to remember because we went to school together. We both went to the same secondary school. I was 14 when I joined the school and John was in my year group. We lost contact. And then about 10, 12 years ago, we reconnected through LinkedIn. So John, a huge welcome. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you, Gina. It's good of you to invite me as well. And it was really great to catch up with you all those years ago, totally out of the blue. Amazing. It's amazing how powerful some of these social media platforms are for bringing people together. John currently works at Essex University. He's the business support manager uh, for the Enterprise Zone. And he works with uh, people who are just starting out on their business journey. But John, thanks very much. We're going to be talking about why do I do what I do? So come on, why do you do what you do? It's a very good question, which I keep asking myself, because <laughs> why, do, why, why do it in the first place? But um, I get a real kick out of helping innovators. They don't have to be young. Um, they can be more mature. But I get a real kick out of helping innovators get their ideas off the ground. It, it's so confusing out there. Um, I know from my own life experiences how confusing it can be. And just clearing the fog a bit is sometimes all I do. And just part, I don't exactly part the waves, that's going too far. But clearing the fog a bit is uh, one way of helping these businesses understand what's available to them. And I get a real kick out of that. And I've, I've done it for so long now. It's almost uh, a, a bad habit that I've got that I can't get rid of. <laughs> It's interesting because if you look at the business landscape over the years that you've been helping, helping people 
clarify things. That's changed such a lot, hasn't it? It 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 has. The the internet and the knowledge that you can gain from the internet has revolutionized how you go about finding out about things. But the it always comes back to am I asking the right question? And you know, you can Google it, but what do you ask Google? You can Siri it, but what do you ask Siri? And that's where I come in, I think, because I've got used to asking those questions and getting down to the nitty gritty that needs to be answered. And there isn't, there isn't a straight path anymore. There's no central, everybody says there's centralized um, online facilities from government websites and X, Y, Z, what have you. But they're also confusing. So, so confusing. There's no simple path that you can follow. And, what I'm doing now, which is raising equity for innovative businesses, it's not an exact science. It's not black and white. It's very murky in places. And you have to dig really deep into lots and lots and lots of things to find just one little fact that will make a significant difference. That's what makes it intriguing and fun. I should have been I should have been an investigator, I think. I'm gonna say you'd make a great detective, wouldn't you, to uh, to to find your way through to that one little gem that's going to unlock the case, if you like. I think I think that's true because I I was always a history buff. I enjoyed history at school. I didn't enjoy the way it was taught, but I'm going to say, Mr. Hills. Ooh, yeah, no. yeah, we we mustn't talk about people <laughs> like that. But um, you know, despite Mr. Hill, I still kept my interest in history, and uh, you know, for a lot of the time when I, because I'm a qualified accountant, I did a lot of forensic accounting work, digging deep into companies, uh, finding out what was going wrong, or why it went wrong, and then finding a way of fixing it. So I suppose it's it's that kind of um, the way to tackle problems. Okay, is is something that I probably am better at than some people are. I think it's interesting that lots of people focus on the problem, and in doing so, they just get stuck in that that going round in a, in a vortex of I've got a problem. It's difficult. I don't know what to do. I've got a problem. It's difficult. I don't know what to do. But when you start to ask the right questions, that enables people to get off the roundabout and to start going along the road that they need to go along in order to get some momentum going forward. Oh, yes. Um, it's it's not always a problem. It's no. a perceived problem because <laughs> they've got their blinkers on and they can't see past that. And, you know, that's why I wasn't a very good accountant in that respect, because I was always, I always wanted to look to the future. What do I have to do now to get to where I want to be? Whereas most of my counterparts were looking at the historical part. But because what have you was, been up to? <laughs> yeah. But because I was so good on the forensic side, I'd, I'd go in and, and say, well, it's, the reason for that is because of that. You know, and they'd all go, well, how did you get there from here? And I, and I said, and I couldn't explain no. because I'd, I'd just go, I just knew that that was the problem. Yeah. Uh, and it was almost like you've got foresight in that respect. 
And uh, it sounds crazy when you think about it, but that's the way my brain works. It's the well, way it's wired out. Suggest that you were using data and a combination of that and your experience and your intuition um, that would help you find a way through. We're going to have to go to a short break now, but one of the things I'd like to explore with you when we come back, there are many people out there listening who either have a business or are thinking of setting up a business. And um, you know, what are the crucial questions that over the years that you've asked time and time again? that have unlocked people's thinking, perhaps challenged their perceptions and given them some clarity to help them move forward. So no pressure, and I'll give you the break to think about it. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Barbie really wants this dream house. It's got stunning views and a slide. Barbie's ready for fun. So cool. And Barbie found out about this dream house with an alert from Rocket Homes. She did? Well, it's a super competitive market. Everyone wants to buy the dream house. Better offer Betty. I'll go 10 over asking. Cash offer Carl. Straight cash. House Skipper Skipper. Let's tear it to the studs. You vultures, you're gonna start a bidding war. This is less than ideal. Oh no. Don't worry, Barbie has a verified approval that shows her finances are backed by Rocket Mortgage. So Barbie wins. But we need a house. Oh, I found a fixer upper castle on Rocket Homes. It has good bones, but really bad neighbors. <laughs> I like his vibe. Get your dream house all in one place with Rocket Homes and Rocket Mortgage. For a better way to find and finance, Rocket can. Thanks for helping. No problem, it's good for my glutes. Are you or a loved one struggling with addiction? Rancho Milagro Recovery is an accredited drug and alcohol addiction recovery program treating the whole person through their lifelong recovery process. Our process incorporates both medication-assisted treatment and psychological therapy to help all aspects of an individual's mind, body, and spirit. Our lavish accommodation sits on 60 acres of outdoor greatness where your privacy and discretion is our utmost concern. Find lasting recovery and walk away from addiction one step at a time. RanchoMilagroRecovery.com so welcome back. I'm talking to John Stenhouse, an old school friend, uh, and we're talking about the sort of questions that business people, new orgs established, or those thinking about going into business. What are the sort of questions that if you ask yourself those honestly, that can help you clarify um, where you're going, what you're doing, how things are? So where would you start, John? But they, they, I used to go around asking people, where do you want to be in five years' time? And then supplement it with 10 years' time and things like that. Because if you're going to run your own business, or if you are running your own business, it's got to align with your own personal objectives. And some people just get wound up into their business and just run their business without thinking where is this going and where is it taking me? There's the old adage, the journey is much more important than the destination. And sometimes you need to know where roughly you're going to end up so that you can plan in advance. Now, if, you, if I was setting pensions, that's something that you think about, you talk about. But it applies to your own business. Where where are you going with this business? Um, some people call it exit strategies. Sounds very grand. 
Yes. Because you are going to exit your business at some point. One way or another. One way or another, it's guaranteed. So, you know, it's either going to run its due course or you're going to manipulate that exit strategy yourself. And by planning to plan that, you can get to where you want to go. Then you can work backwards from that. So what are you doing now that will get you to where you want to go? What do you need to change now to get you to where you want to go? Are the things you cannot change that you can work around? Because, you know, you can work around mm-hmm. not problems, issues. You can plan a journey with detours. They're okay. I've traveled all over Europe doing detours. You get to see an awful lot more that way. And you enjoy the journey more sometimes, as long as the destination stays roughly the same. It's interesting, isn't it? The power of reverse engineering, something I use a lot when I work with businesses, um, is to, you know, where do you want to get to? And then to work backwards, but to do that in a very specific way. So you start off, stage one is to look at where you want to go. Stage two is to look at where are you now? Stage three is to look at halfway. And sometimes things are pump primed, so you get there more quickly than uh, than halfway, more than halfway in that first half of the time scale you've allowed yourself. Sometimes it takes a long time, and you know it's going to take time for things to establish. And then you, once it's established, it motors away in the second half. The 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 next stage is to look at three quarters of the way and what needs to be in place. Then you look at a quarter of the way, and then you break the quarter of the way down into months in terms of what you're going to do month by month by month. And it's a really powerful way of organising your resources and your time. And if you've got a staff, how people are going to work and what the challenges are that you need to deal with. So, for example, if you're going to be advertising something, you know, when do you need to get it to the, how long do you need the advertising uh, amount of time to be? Well, if the printer's got to have it to you by June, when do you need to have the copy to the printer? When do you need to write the printer so that everybody can okay it before it goes to the printer? And people often forget that that run up to things. And that's a very simple example. It is. And the, the, the whole idea is that, you you expect the unexpected in the course of the journey. So nothing surprises you. Not, you might not have anticipated it's going to happen, but when things happen, you don't express surprise. You say, okay, what do I do to do deal with this? It's not a case of shock. It's a case of managing the situation. Yeah. And in doing that, you then empower your staff to think the same way as you and know that they have the confidence that you will deal with issues yeah. when they arise, as long as they don't keep bringing the issues to you. <laughs> because I keep saying to um, someone I'm mentoring at the moment, you know, how many good ideas do you get to hear from your staff and do you react to the good ideas and, or do you just react to the bad ones? You know, uh, So it's a case of just keeping that going. There's something else that springs to mind as well, because if you're starting out for the first time, okay, it still applies. Where do you want to go with this? But the other question I ask is, who's going to buy this? Why? 
And they're not going to buy it just because it's new. They're not going to buy it just because it's a great idea. They've got to have a reason to buy it. And what's that empowering reason that will make someone buy something? And often I see some great ideas, but who's going to buy it? Do they need it? And that's that's selling to wants and selling to needs. Yes. Everybody wants something and they'll keep wanting more, which is the salesman's technique. I want a new car. Every year I want another new car. But do you actually need a new car? This is the point. And selling to people's needs is far more important. So they're the kind of areas that I look at, quite deep, really, yes. in some ways. But uh, that's the way I approach. We're going to go for a short break. But when we come back, I want to uh, to talk to you about the, the very um, challenging landscape, that um, the economic landscape. And... Yeah, we hear that there are more millionaires made during times of, of down economic downturn than there are in terms of boom. And what your advice and your thoughts are in terms of, you know, is this the right time to start a business? And, you know, how would you encourage people to, to give themselves the very best possible start? So don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. Did you know kids who drink during adolescence are at a higher risk for alcoholism and brain damage? Particularly as it relates to memory loss and motor function. Plus, this can lead to school, social, and legal problems. And puts them at a higher risk for suicide. You have the power to prevent your teen from underage drinking. Talk to them about the dangers of alcohol. And help us have a better future. We're listening. To learn more, visit ccapsa.org. When you take your car in for an oil change, a good mechanic will also take care of other routine maintenance to make sure your car runs safely and efficiently. Protecting your health isn't much different. When you get a COVID-19 vaccine, it's important to make sure you're also protected from other serious but preventable diseases. It's easy and convenient to get other routine vaccines at the same time as a COVID-19 vaccine. So make sure you ask a healthcare professional about other vaccines you may need to maintain your health. So, welcome back. So, John, imagine I I haven't actually started my business yet, um, but I I think I've got an idea and I think it's something that people will need. Um, What sort of process do you take people through to help them crystallise their thinking and create something that becomes um, a real entity um, from that idea? Well, the, the best ideas are ones that solve problems. If there is a genuine problem, and I mean a genuine problem, then the solution is often the thing that sells itself. And yeah. that makes life easier. Um, if it's just doing more of what everybody else is doing, then you're just entering into a highly competitive market and then you hit problems with pricing, volumes, and other things. And so what you have to look at, it. you've got a solution to a problem. They are the best ideas that, to go forward with because a good solution to a genuine problem will sell itself. People will want it. They need it. They have a problem. They need it. 
they will buy it. Yes. And that's the most straightforward way. If it's just a case of um, I want to sell more of what everybody else is selling alongside what everybody else is selling, that's highly competitive. And that's a, it might be easy to do, but it's much more difficult to make a living out of it. Yes. Because you've got all the pressures of um, the, uh, the price comparison. You know, do you undercut the competition in order to get into the market? Bad idea. Do you go in for the high level, top level market? You sell the Rolls Royce, not the Mini, that kind of thing. And so it, it all gets very, very complicated. But funny enough, investors quite like that because they can, they can see the value of it very quickly. They can compare you against a Burberry or a Rolls-Royce, but yes. whereas uh, it's a lot more difficult when it's uh, pricing the uh, solution to a problem. It's uh, how much is that problem costing people and wh what is the step change that will make them change? So they're the kind of areas which um, uh, we can start off with. Okay. I do also look at the experience of the people um, and how much help and support they're going to need. No one can do it on their own. I'm sorry. Elon Musk doesn't do it on his own. Richard Branson doesn't do it on his own. No one does it. On, even Alan Sugar doesn't do it on his own, although he says he does. <laughs> sorry, Alan, if you're listening. No, nothing personal. Um, but you need support around you, and you need to build a team very quickly to impress investors that you've got the, uh, the ability to recruit a team and manage a team and because you're going to scale up really quickly because with the best will in the world, we're not talking about from the kitchen table to a market stall, to a shop, to a, a, a large uh, shopping mall. We're talking about straight from the kitchen table straight into worldwide sales, global sales. So there, there, there are different ways that you can approach this. And uh, they're the kind of things that we, uh, we work on. In today's economic climate, who knows? It, we're going into the uncharted, the unknown, okay? But what I would say to you, some of the most successful businesses, both large and small, were started during recessions. And we are in a recession. So that's the time to bring new ideas and new ideologies into the marketplace because that's where they will get picked up. I think it, there's a number of reasons why some people do incredibly well during times of, um, of recession. And I think it so much comes to mindset you know, many people are fearful of what's going on. And I'm not talking about being silly about things, but those people who batten down the hatches and who say, we're going to just do what we do and we're going to, to not expand, we're not going to think about doing anything else while the recession is on. By the time the recession has, uh, has finished, they are actually behind the wave. Because if you don't maintain a forward momentum, then effectively you are falling behind. And I think one of the reasons why the, the, the research shows such a stark difference is those people who have got a good idea, 
who are prepared to put in consistent action rather than, well, I've tried it once and it didn't work, I'm going to give up, but also who are curious, who don't come from a place of fear, who have a sense, I will succeed. I don't know how. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get from A to B, but I'm going to work on the basis that I will try different things until I find the one that works. And I'll engage other people in terms of their ideas and their feedback. And I am going to look at this from a point of view of I will make this a success. And in doing so, they open up possibilities that other firms close down because the minute there's a recession their training and development budget goes they stop looking at innovative ideas they they're on the back foot the whole time what's your view well i i actually agree with that because you need people who have that open mind that can explore and go into those areas where others would fear to tread. Yeah. They are risk takers. Don't get me wrong. But they are calculated risk takers. They're not there to um, fall over at the first hurdle. They're there to assess the size of the first hurdle. And can I go under it? Can I go over it? Or can I go around it? Yeah. And if I go around it, there's uncharted waters there. So how do I evaluate that? So, and all of that is done in lightning moments, is, is done with, if you like, the confidence in your own abilities. And sometimes you have to test your own abilities. There was something, a couple of things that over the years that I've picked up, okay, that, you know, in America, the investors ask, how many businesses have you had that have failed? Because they actually see failure as a measure of um, your ability to overcome and to move forward. And once you've experienced a failure, you don't want to do it again. So, you know, if you've had one failure, that's good. If you've had two failures, that's unfortunate. If you've had three failures, that's not such a good bet, really. Uh, and so those kind of things. Whereas in the UK, you have one failure, you're written off. And that's the fear. It's a very different culture, isn't it? And I think not only in terms of businesses, but in terms of life, how people view failure seems to me to make such a difference to the quality of their life. You know, failure is feedback. Failure is the opportunity to develop and grow. Keep making the same mistakes time after time after time. Well, that pattern is giving you a very different message. But I think the only failures are the failures to actually get out there and, and, and try or the failure to learn when things don't go the way you expect. Yeah. And I, I've seen a lot of, because uh, I did a lot of work with the Prince's Trust with Get Into the Business Programme. And it was a great opportunity for young people to try self-employment yeah. without the fear of failure. Because, you know, two-thirds of new businesses do not succeed um, because they're ill-prepared not, and not ready to take those kind of risks yet in their lifetime. They might be 
more able as they get more mature. And we would like to see more businesses succeed in their first three years. First three years is a real milestone for a business. And that's a real test of where you go in the future. So I'm, I'm, I'm always encouraging people to try. Yeah. But I never knowingly set up someone to fail. No. That's, that's, that's the difference. I would not steer someone towards it unless I thought they had the ability to do it. And then it's a case of the willpower to succeed. And I think that's going to have to be where we finish our conversation today. We've run out of time. Where can people find you if they wanted to have a chat with you about what you do and uh, the, the themes we've talked about today? Well, most people find me on LinkedIn. I am very easy to find on LinkedIn. There aren't many John Stenhouses on LinkedIn, fortunately. And I, I do actually stick out like a sore thumb. Um, and I do have an email address, which is U-E-Z, that's Uniform Echo Zebra, at essex.ac.uk. Thank you very much. It just remains for me to say to, uh, to John, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for listening. I'd love to know about your story and how you're doing. You can contact me at Gina at Gina Gardner and Friends. That's G-I-N-A at Gina Gardner, G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R and friends.com. So thanks again. And I'll see you on the next show. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.